Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us today is Dr. Simon Mack of the Carruth Institute at SMU. How are you doing, Dr. Mack? Great, Chris. It's a delight to be able to chat with you. It's great seeing and, and hearing you again. I, I, listen, the last time we talked, you were doing a seminar with the Dallas Mavericks at their eSports Gaming Center, and you were talking about eSports and how it's, it's really become one of the biggest things in the world, right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't know if you uh, saw, Chris, that uh, – the state of Texas just had our first ever high school state championship in esports, and we're trying to get the UIL to approve esports as an official high school game. But for this year, they passed on it, and so we're still trying to trying to convince UIL that this is a real sport. Ah, uh, it's just a matter of time. Again, it is taken over, and it, it was it a four billion dollar industry? Uh, definitely uh, four billion and and rising, and so. A uh, lot of different folks uh, are getting involved in, in esports, and and you know what's interesting is a lot of people don't realize this, but according to ESPN, the city of Dallas is actually the birthplace of esports, and so there's really? all sorts of interesting business-related things uh, in the Dallas area, especially when it comes to new business and startups and entrepreneurship. You can't. You got to pay off the tees. Where did esports? Why? What's the theory on esports starting in Dallas? Was it the creator over there in Rockwall? Well, so what they said was, and uh, again, according to this ESPN article, is that uh, we had the first gaming tournament. Oh, okay. In the Dallas area, and so, so like for example, in the early early days, um, what you know, some of the some of the uh, video game uh, developers were, were here in the Dallas area. I can't remember that. The very, very early one. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, it, it'll come to me in a minute. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's what they're saying. They're saying, you know, a lot of the early video games were, were developing in the Dallas area. And then yeah. people started having competitions with it. I remember a, a video game was invented way back in the 1990s or the late eight, 1980s by a guy in Rockwell. And he became like a multimillionaire. I forget the name of the game, but it was absolutely amazing. And people always turn to that as one of the first original video games. But Dr. Mack, it's always a pleasure visiting with you because we're always finding out information. And and for those who don't know, I always look from talking to you that one time, I realized, wait a minute, this is no different than any other sport, even though it's gaming, because 
there are now colleges offering scholarships, including SMU, right? Well, we're trying to get there. Okay. All right. Uh, so certainly in the Dallas area, UTD and, and UNT offer uh, scholarships uh, in esports. Uh, right now, we're SMU is a little bit behind on, on the curve on that one. We're talking with Dr. Simon Mack. And, and Dr. Mack, coming up at the end of the month is the SMU Dallas 100 Entrepreneurial Spirit Awards. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. I'd be delighted to talk about the Dallas 100 Awards program. So, Chris, believe it or not, this is our 33rd year wow. of doing this awards program. And it's basically a big party that we throw for the city of Dallas celebrating successful entrepreneurs. In other words, for 33 years, we've been giving out this award for the fastest growing privately held companies here in the Dallas area. And these companies, they're no longer startups. They were previous startups, but they're now 30, 40, 50 million dollars in sales and they're growing, you know, double, triple every couple of years. And so these are the, the fastest growing privately held companies in the Dallas area. And so one of the fun parts of my job is I get to meet the 100 companies and their CEOs. Mm-hmm. And so we are now looking for nominees and applicants to apply to be part of the 2023 class of the Dallas 100 Awards. That is fantastic. So how did it first start? You mentioned 33 years ago. Whose idea was it? And we've it's obviously been successful, but it's an amazing thing because it is recognizing and rewarding those who take the challenge of starting up a business and being successful. Absolutely. So, so it was started back in 1990. So I was not in Dallas at the time, but my former boss, a gentleman by the name of Jerry White, he was involved with the founding of the Dallas 100 way, way back in 1990. And so what he told me was that apparently in 1990, there was a terrible recession in the city of Dallas, yes. in the Dallas area. Yes. And so, and so he was trying to come up with a way to, to, to pep up the city. Mm-hmm. And so, so he and a group of gentlemen, a group of individuals said, well, why don't we try to pep up the city by creating this awards program to recognize the more successful companies that are getting through this recession. And he told the, the way that Jerry White told me was that they were very, very nervous that they would not be able to find 100 companies oh, my. in 1990. Oh. And doggone it, guess what? They found over 100 companies back in 1990, even in the middle of a recession. That's amazing. And, and we have continued that spirit of finding companies in the Dallas area. And quite frankly, a lot of these companies, Chris, you and I've never even heard of them. They're just, they're just doing their thing, right? They're just creating mm-hmm. jobs. They're, they're contributing to the economic, uh, the, the economy of, of the communities that they're involved in. And we don't really know who they are. And so the Dallas 100 is a chance to, to give them some recognition and to give their employees a little, a great pat on the back. It is a fantastic opportunity and a great chance to recognize, like I said, the small businesses. It's not just the major ones that move here, like the Exxons of the world or the uh, Frito-Lay, but but the ones that, like I said, they they take a chance on startups and then they become successful little by little. Can you talk about the challenge of doing a startup? Because a lot of people say, oh, I'll just start a business, and they don't realize it's a very risky thing to do because you have to have some endurance. There's lots of twists and turns along the way. 
absolutely. There's a lot of uh, twists and turns and and uh, emotional roller coasters. And, I, and so, so the you know the key thing is uh, if you're going to do a startup, what is your uh, what is your aspiration? Yeah, right? your passion. So you could then what is your passion? So so you could do a startup. That's what we, that is a small business and it remains a small business, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can do a startup that is the next Amazon or the next Google. Exactly. And so what the, what the Dallas 100 is trying to find is the next Google. The ne- actually, the next Texas Instruments. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you've I, – I, I did some research, and I'm just looking at some of the past companies that, that, that have won. So, for example, you may know the company called Veradesk. I've heard of that. Veradesk is the company that does the standing desk up and down. Oh, okay. Everybody, you know what? A lot of offices have those because everybody just doesn't sit all day. They want to stand up and the desk goes. So that was invented here in Dallas? That was invented in the Carrollton, in the city of Carrollton, so in the Dallas area. And again, very few people knew that. I didn't even know that until they applied for the Dallas 100 and doggone it, they won first place. Wow. And so... And, and so it's great stories like that, that we want to tell the city and the, the, and the Dallas area to say, hey, look, there's all sorts of really cool startups. And so my point is, if you're going to do a startup, do you want to do sort of a mom and pop kind of business, which is perfectly OK? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be like a Veradesk where you can scale and, and completely go all over the world? Another one that we, are, we featured last year is a company called Solo Stove. Have you ever heard of Solo Stove? No, I haven't. Please tell me. Well, they they make they make these personal uh, uh, camping gear equipment. Ah. And again, I'm not a camping person, so I didn't know anything about them until they went IPO. And they are one of our more they were one of our more successful startups in the Dallas area because they just went IPO last year, and they're growing and blowing, and they're they're completely fantastic. changing the camping gear industry. Isn't that fascinating? That is fascinating, and I think it makes so much sense. You know, you were making me think about when you brought about the desk. I remember that Fossil, the watch company, which is right off of seventy five. Right up north there. I think they started here as well. They're one of the biggest companies in the world now. Absolutely. So Faso, way in the early days, was also a Dallas 100 winner. So that is so glad that that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. You know, from a sports perspective, I thought you might get get a kick out of this. So one of our winners was a company called Texas Back Institute. Chris, does that sound familiar to you at all? The Texas Back Institute. Does it have something to do with injuries? It does, but here's the hint, Tiger Woods. Oh. So Tiger Woods, remember when he was having all his back surgeries? Guess when he did it? He did it at the Texas Back Institute here in the Dallas area. You are kidding. You are kidding. Maybe that's where he got to meet Tony (laughs) Romo, because he and Romo are real good friends. (laughs) There there you go. Uh, Larry North Fitness. I don't know if you know. Remember of course. The guy, you know, yeah, Larry I know Larry. North? I know Larry. He, he, he was a Dallas 100 winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see who else on the sports. Oh, I'm sure you've heard of Top Golf. Of course. Top Golf located right here in Dallas and right off of Central Expressway across from us from you. You got it. They were a Dallas 100 winner. And now and, they're all uh, over the world. See, look at this. I'm going to I'm going to show you another one again in this. Aha, here about, how about this one? Argus Golf. Ever heard of those guys? No, I haven't. 
They are the world's number one management company for golf courses. Wow. Right I, here in our right backyard. Here in Dallas. You know, I'd heard of Club Corps. And I don't know if yeah. Club Corps started in Dallas, but they're located here in Dallas. And they're all over the world, too. Yep. Club Corps, Club Corps way, way back long time ago. And so, so there's all these cool companies that were founded and started in the Dallas area. And they've grown. And, uh, and so, again, part of, part of the fun part of my job is I get to meet a lot of the founders. How about this little company called Studio Movie Grill? Yes. They were founded in <laughs> Dallas? That's great. Yeah, yeah, see? Studio Movie Grill. How about Genghis Grill? Yes, Genghis Grill. Everybody goes there. There you get go. Get a bowl. Get a bowl. Last year, last year, one of our winners was Zalot Pizza. Yes, they're also delicious pizza. This is amazing. Look, you're making everybody's mind get blown because you're painting the pictures <laughs> of, wow, I didn't know they started here. I'm going to give you one from way back in the day, way before the 1990s. 7-Eleven was started here in Dallas, ironically. Oh, oh my goodness. 7-Eleven is started here in Dallas, and the grandson of 7-Eleven mm-hmm. is a guy named Jerry Thompson. Okay. Jerry Thompson started a company called Ambit Energy. Wait a minute. Everybody's heard of Ambit. That's great. Ambit Energy. Ambit Energy was my number one company for two years. And Jerry Thompson is a great, great guy. Wonderful. I know that that city, that, let's see, that, that there's, a, there's a tower right off of Central Expressway in I think 7-Eleven was going to build two of them and they were going to have a, a whole different, but times change. And, you know, like you said, the recession happened. I just remember all those stories about 7-Eleven. That's one of the reasons I know it's based here or started here. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people don't know that. And, and so the, 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 the kids and the grandkids of the 7-Eleven family, they continue to be entrepreneurs and they pop up in the Dallas 100. That's fantastic. I know you got more stories. Give me more. This is Let me give very you another interesting. One. So speak, yeah. Speaking of new things, right? New mm-hmm. things. So a couple of years ago, this company called JM Bullion applied and they were number they became number 1. And I said, "Who in the world is JM Bullion?" Well, what they did was they do online collectible coins. Oh. So they sold like silver coins from the 1800s wow. and, and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So so not only was that part of the story, check this out. The founder of the company when they won the Dallas 100, he was 28 years old at the time and was the youngest billionaire in the Dallas area. Look out. <laughs> that is amazing. I love these entrepreneurial stories. Keep going. <laughs> And so, so well, let me finish with the JW. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I always do is I try to bring my students for a field trip to visit some of these companies. Right. Right. And and the founder of JW Bullion says, hey, uh, Professor Max, sorry, uh, I can't bring students here because uh, we can't tell people where we're located. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret. And here's why. Here's why. He says, if word gets out that where we're located, a lot of people think we actually keep these collectible coins oh, in a safe. Like in they're our a bank. Office. 
Yeah. They're right. And they're going to come after him. And so isn't that crazy? That is so, so he didn't crazy. Want to, he, didn't, he doesn't want people knowing exactly where his address was. Yeah, people try to break in. They think they're Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt, and they come up with a scheme and try to get all their coins if they had them, right? But it's an online business. <laughs> it's amazing. These are amazing stories. We're talking to oh, Dr. Gosh. Simon Mack of SMU, the SMU Dallas 100 and the Entrepreneurial Spirit Awards coming up at the end of this month. Tell us some more stories before we get into uh, some of the, 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 the facts about uh, the event itself. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's how interesting and here's how diverse the, the economy of the Dallas area is, right? Mm-hmm. And so one year we had, uh, 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 and I don't remember exactly how this happened, but one year we had people in the film industry apply. Okay. So I had no idea that um, uh, what what is that purple purple uh, creature called? Do you remember the Barney? Uh, 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 Barney. Yes. Yes. So apparently, Barney is involved. Uh, that there's a whole ecosystem around producing. TV shows mm-hmm. and children's shows. Mm-hmm. And Barney's not not the only one. Uh, there was another PBS show about a dog. Uh, again, I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank right now. And so my point here is one year, we have like about a dozen companies apply from the film industry. And I had no idea that we had a film industry yeah. in the Dallas area. This, is, this was so wild, Dr. Mack. I, way back in the day, I actually met the guy who played Barney, and that's when I found out that Barney was based <laughs> out of Dallas. I think they shot the show in Irving, and I actually later on an airplane just randomly met the creators of, of Barney, and it's just an amazing thing how that whole character took off and it had a life of its own, and they were talking about how Dallas was going to be, or Dallas-Fort Worth area is going to be like the third coast, and they were going to produce films here, and like you said, more than just TV shows, but the movies and the whole nine yards. And again, things twist and turn along the way, but isn't that amazing? It, it really is. And so again, I'm, I'm now in my 19th year at SCU. So I have personally been involved in the Dallas 100 for 19 years. Wow. That's and impressive. I'm telling you the kind of, you know, I spent, I spent 10 years in Boston mm-hmm. and then four years in Silicon Valley before I moved to the Dallas area. I tell you, Chris, I believe the Dallas area is more entrepreneurial than the Boston area and Silicon Valley, just not in tech. So some people right. would say, oh, that's terrible. We, we, we don't have a strong tech uh, foundation. But I say that's a good thing because we have a very, very diversified industry, industrial base. And so we've got companies from all different walks of life mm-hmm. and all different industries starting up. Another company I think your readers, um, your listeners are going to be, be interested in is a local Dallas startup called RoboKind. RoboKind. What is that about? RoboKind. What they do is they make robots that helps children better deal with their emotions. Oh, nice. Very good. It's the craziest thing. And of it course is the craziest thing, but yeah, you need stuff. that. Yeah. And so that company 
you know, once it becomes a success, really, really successful company that's nationwide, mm-hmm. people are going to realize, hey, it, it's a homegrown company from the city of Dallas. That's amazing. I think that's a nice tool that kids can use. I look at it kind of like a Siri or an Alexa. You know, those are part of a lot of people's households nowadays, Siri and Alexa, looking up information, gathering information or, or turning things on in your home. And if you had something, you know, kids are so smart nowadays. I mean, every child especially like under the age of five, they've got a tablet and they know how to find stuff. That's, that's their new toy is a tablet. So why not have a robo kind? I like that. Yeah. Yes. That's really cool. Oh, here's one that might be interesting to you. Mm -hmm. Did you know we've had Dallas 100 winners who've pitched on shark tank? Is that right? It's it's so funny. Before you, before you tell the stories of these, these different companies, (laughs) It's ironic, but Mark, Mark Cuban actually started Broadcast.com as a startup here in Dallas. He sold that to Yahoo for like $5 billion, which allowed him to do all kinds of investments, including the buying the, the, uh, the Dallas Mavericks, and he's always investing in things. And, of course, he's one of the sharks on Shark Tank. So this is very ironic because Mark started yeah. his, his career as, with a startup here in Dallas, Broadcast.com. Absolutely. And I remember those days as well. And and so there's a local company here called Pure Wine. Pure Wine. Pure Wine. And they were on Shark Tank. And so what does Pure Wine do? They have a wine filter stick. So I don't so I don't know if you uh, you're aware, but apparently wine oftentimes has have allergens. So the people who are allergic to wine because there's some sort of natural chemicals that people are allergic to. Hmm. And so pure wine invented this little straw that you can put into your wine. And when you stir the wine with your straw, the straw somehow dissolves some of these chemicals and removes some of the allergens so that you can enjoy your glass, glass of wine. That is amazing. You know what? You kind of you put a twist on it that I didn't expect. I thought I was going to let you know that that's not the <laughs> wine you should try. But this actually <laughs> solves the wine so that you can have the wine. I love it. <laughs> so so now let me let me let me take take you in a slightly different direction. Let me talk to you about some of our companies that have successful exits, right? Right. And so when we say exit, what we mean is they got bought out by a bigger company mm-hmm. or they went IPO, which for an entrepreneur, that's like that's like the uh, the, the the gold prize is if your if your company IPOs, right? So so here in the Dallas area, I already mentioned Solo Stove that went IPO that was a Dallas 100 company. Before you go any further, Dr. Mac, IPO for those who don't know, that's uh initial public offering where they put it on uh, the stock market and everybody can invest in it, right? Buy shares. That's exactly right. So for example, when Facebook was a private company, you and I couldn't buy stock in Facebook. But when Facebook went IPO or when they went public, now you and I can buy stock yeah. in Facebook. Oh, oh yeah. And Facebook is called Meta now. That always confuses me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so Solo Stove went IPO. Alchemy Technologies went IPO. Uh, and then some other exits. In other words, they sold to big companies. A company called Dialexa just sold to IBM. And so that made the... Uh, really, uh, that that was a lot of news there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a company called SoftLayer, 
Softlayer is an interesting company. Softlayer was one of the early, early companies that was in the cloud computing business. They oh, were one of the out. very first. They were started here in the Dallas area. And once they got big, IBM gobbled them up for over a billion dollars. Wow. That's amazing. In fact, like you said, a lot of companies, they know they can only take it so far. And the exit strategy is to, you know, merge or get bought by a big IBM kind of company or do the IPO. I love this story because this, this is what it's all about. And in other words, some people might want to do it and take it so far, but they know, you know, at some point you might want to retire at the age of 40, you know, and have all these <laughs> billions of dollars to do what you want to do in the, around the world. Chris, you're absolutely right. Uh, oftentimes you sell to a larger company because the larger company has the resources mm-hmm. to s- scale your business even faster. Right. And so that's a perfectly good reason to sell to a company. And just like you said, you also get a little bit of financial reward for doing that, too. Exactly. We're talking to Dr. Simon Mack at SMU, the SMU Dallas 100, and you've been involved with them for 19 years. How did you decide to say, you know, I'm going to do this? Or how did they approach you? Because this is uh, this has got to be very rewarding for you beyond your professorial duties. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And like I said, uh, it was started back in 1990 uh, with Jerry White, my former boss. Mm-hmm. And so when I joined the Caruth Institute for Entrepreneurship at the Cox School of Business, it was already there. And and here's a funny story. I actually got my MBA when uh, at, uh, at SMU. Mm-hmm. And so when I was an MBA student, I, I was a volunteer with the Dallas 100. Okay. That's and then and now and now I oversee it. So it's kind of a coming coming full circle. Put it like this. You worked your way to the top. <laughs> Deservedly <laughs> so. Deservedly so. So tell, tell us a couple more stories about some of these different kind of groups that have start had startups and then become successful in small business. Yeah. So 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 you know, a few years ago we tried to get Amazon to come to Dallas. Right. right. And and it was a bidding war with all the different just, cities, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it's just between you and me, right? Oh, nobody, nobody, yeah, it's, nobody's <laughs> I mixed, I had yeah. mixed feelings about that. But let me give you another Amazon story. We had a number one Dallas 100 winning team, a, co- a company called Woot, W-O-O-T. Woot, Ever heard Woot, of Woot, Woot, Woot. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where they got the name from. So Woot.com invented the flash sale. You're kidding. That's the way people sell and market things nowadays. Yeah. They were the ones who invented it. Oh, my goodness. That's that's amazing because literally anybody under the age of 30 is familiar with a flash sale. And that's how a lot, especially sneakers. I mean, that's and clothing or, or different kinds of gear that kids really like to buy. It's about a flash sale. Could you talk about what a flash sale is for those who aren't familiar? Sure, sure. So, again. A flash shell is started by Woot.com. And basically what it is, is what you've got 24 hours. Yeah. And basically it's a it's an online sale mm-hmm. where in the next 24 hours, we're going to sell merchandise at like 75% discount or some crazy right. number like that. And it's only lit. The quantity's limited, right? So they'll mm-hmm. say stuff like, oh, we only have 50 Michael Jordan shoes. Right. And so once these 50 Michael Jordan shoes sell out, that's it. And so that's what flash sales are. And of course, nowadays, you know who is one of the biggest, biggest online e-commerce companies that do fast flash sales is a company called Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Guess, 
where Amazon learned their flash sales technique and technology. They woot. learn it from Woot, woot because woot. they bought Woot out. Exactly. That's See, that's how things get done. That's how the world is working nowadays. Entrepreneurs are actually reinventing how people do business. We can have, so we have tech companies and then we also have fun, other fun companies. So there's a company called Sleep Experts. I've heard of Sleep Experts. Seems like I've heard their commercials here and there. Yeah. Are you saying they started here in Dallas, Fort Worth? Yes, Chris and Christine Cook. You know, they started in the Dallas area as well. And so you see all of their mattress stores all over the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, all over the all over the Dallas area. I think they might even be all over the country now. And so they're a Dallas company. And then here, how about this one? When you and I want to want to go down to Houston or Austin, and for whatever reason we're kind of nervous about flying, we take a bus, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about a bus called Von Lane? Von Lane is that like a super cruiser? It's Von Lane is high end buses ah. to Houston, Austin, and Dallas. Nice. They 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 are the only bus I take now when I take the bus down to Houston and Austin. I take Von Lane and they are a Dallas 100 company. And so again, what I'm trying to say to your audience is that the Dallas 100 Awards recognizes and celebrates all the diverse entrepreneurial stories here in the Dallas area and we want to feature you and so that's why we want to get people to apply by the way the deadline's only in two weeks it's at the end of June okay and so we're looking for people to apply to showcase their company to the Dallas area but also to give recognition to their employees for having such great success exactly because the employees are the engine that makes everything go can you tell everybody where they can find information or where they can apply is there a website is there an email address absolutely all you have to do is go to dallas100.com really just that simple that's it dallas100.com dallas 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 the number 100 correct Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that number 100. Very good. Thank you for clarifying that, Chris. Mm-hmm. And it's got all the information where you can apply to be, uh, you know, uh, in the uh, Spirit of Entrepreneurship Awards and where you can find out more information about the SMU Dallas 100. It's all right on that website? Absolutely. It's an online form. It's very, very simple. All you basically have to do is give us information about your top line sales over the last three years. And, of course, it needs to be, Increasing sales, right? Mm-hmm. So three yes. years of increasing sales. No growth. Give us the number of employees that you have, and that's basically it. So so we try to make it very, very simple for people to apply and submit their company. And so basically what happens is we'll, we're going to get a couple of hundred applicants, mm-hmm. and then we will we will screen the hundreds, uh, the, the couple of hundred applicants down to the top 100. And then what we do is we do two things. The first thing we do is we have this thing called a CEO reception. And the CEO reception is held at SMU. And what this is, is this is a private invitation only reception just for the 100 winners so that they can meet each other. Nice. Yeah. You know, here's the crazy thing, Chris. These, the, the founders and the CEOs of these companies, they're working so doggone hard. 
They, they Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oftentimes, don't get a chance to go meet other people who are just working as equally doggone hard, hard as them. Exactly. So that's what the CEO reception is all about. And they might not meet, they might meet other CEOs with this in their same field, whereas this is, the, the, the commonality is they're all in this area. And never know, iron sharpens iron or networking has added benefits to it. Bottom line is these CEOs get to meet people that are just as hardworking as they are and have found some success. And the commonality is they're all here in North Texas and Dallas, Fort Worth, even though they're doing different kinds of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's the first event Mm -hmm. just for the 100 winners. Mm -hmm. Then the big awards event is our awards gala that we have at the Hyatt hotel downtown Mm -hmm. and this is where we do a countdown we do a countdown of the 100 fastest growing companies so we go from 100 to 99 to 98 and we count down all the way to number one and it is a gigantic party that we throw uh on average we have somewhere between seven to eight hundred attendees all right and uh, and again this is a this is a party that we throw oh by the way chris Guess what? It it doesn't it costs nothing to apply. It doesn't cost you anything to apply. That's great. That's great because you're rewarding them. Because because this is part of our SMU's mission to promote and help entrepreneurs in the city of Dallas. And so it doesn't cost you anything to apply. And there's so many different categories. It's, it's not just like tech companies. It's not just like restaurants. It's not just like, you know, <laughs> mattress firms. I mean, it could go on and on and on. It's not just one particular thing. It's a variety of different uh, organizations and individuals who have been doing fantastic things and growing their businesses. I love it. Well, to speak of growing their business, you know, we've had a little bit of challenge in the last couple, uh, last two to three years, right? Oh, yeah. There's been this health, health, health thing that's hit the world, right? Mm-hmm. The pandemic. And so, and so when we were putting on the, 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 the Dallas 100 over the last few years, we're like, 
oh my goodness, all the businesses are struggling because of COVID. Are we ever going to find 100 company? Chris, guess what? We found companies that in the Dallas area that were COVID busters. Look at, they made the pivot. They made the pivot. And oh my goodness, we were so proud to, to, to talk about these companies and give recognition to these companies. For example, when people went to COVID, everybody started doing delivery, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? Dallas is a hub for logistics. Oh my goodness, you don't think about that part, but I can see that. And somebody and came so up with it, all, yeah? That's exactly right. So all the logistics companies in the Dallas area took off. We call that a COVID boost. They got yes. A COVID boost. Yes. You know what? It's always whenever there's some difficulties, someone finds solutions. It's never totally dire. It's always that's an opportunity if you look at it that way. And there are a lot of I love this. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs looked at certain situations and said, you know what? This is an opportunity where we can help people and also be financially profitable. Absolutely. And and to your point. One of the phrases that I teach my students is to do well by doing well. Yes. In other words, in other words, yes, you can do well. You can create a lot of personal wealth for yourself, but do it by doing well to other people. Mm-hmm. Right? So hashtag, hashtag do well by doing well, Chris. Dr. Mack, it's been a pleasure having you on. Is there any last thing you want to let everybody know? Again, the Dallas 100 is the, Biggest celebration for successful entrepreneurs in Big D. Fantastic. He is Dr. Simon Mack of the Caruth Institute, SMU. And Dr. Mack, it's always a pleasure visiting you. We will do it again. Wonderful to talk to you, Chris. And it's been a delight. Thank you very much for having me. And joining us now is the founder and CEO of Hope Initiative, Dr. Robert Harper. It's a nonprofit with a mission of providing access to educational and workforce opportunities to individuals living in under-resourced communities. Dr. Harper, how you doing? Long time no see. Oh, good. Doing good. Good to be here today. Excited about this opportunity and this conversation. Let me tell you something. I say long time no see because I literally just saw you a couple of weeks ago earlier this month at the National Basketball Retired Players Association Golf Tournament where you were out there because you've been partnering with them for a little while now, right? That is correct. Yes, sir. Uh, with uh, President uh, Willie Davis mm-hmm. uh, invited me up. Uh, my first one was um, last year. I, I didn't make the um, the inaugural tournament, but last year was my first one. And, man, I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with the guys Oh, yes. They're, they're very influential, especially now that they're retired. They have a little more time on their hands and they raise a lot of money for a lot of different organizations. But I was really impressed with you because I like the fact that what you're doing, the Hope Initiative, is is able to affect so many lives. Can you talk about the Hope Initiative and how it even got started? Yes, sir. So um, I am from a small town, Marietta, Texas, population 115. Mm. And so when I was out there with you, it was 114. <laughs> Look out. So it's, it's, a small, it's a small town. Your town right? is so small, it's basically a neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, and so I played basketball 
in high school pretty good and got a scholarship to LSU Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, I majored in business administration, went to work in corporate America, and then I went back to grad school for and got a master's of education. And so uh, while I was in uh, grad school, I started doing research. I said, man, I want to become a college president one day. Mm-hmm. And I started researching all of these um, college, uh, college presidents, and I found they had one thing in common. All of them had a doctorate degree. So I finished my program at Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana for my master's. And then I uh, enrolled for a doctoral program at Gremlin State University. Mm-hmm. And HBCU. So I finished it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I finished uh, my doctorate degree at the age of 30. Look and out. So, yes, sir. And I went to work in higher education. And um, I said, well, I'm working my way up the ladder and wanted to become a a college president. Now I made it to like an assistant vice president. And then what, uh, something hit me. I woke up and it was kind of like God was talking to me and just said, and I just had a vision of working with more students. And I realized the only students that I could work with were the students who showed up on campus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was like, okay, well, how can I create avenues where I can work with more students? And then that's when, um, about after 15 years in higher education, um, I started the nonprofit, um, the Hope Initiative in 2019. And so that's kind of how I got started because of my passion of wanting to work with more kids to help them transition from high school to college and college to careers. And and how did you start out reaching some of these kids? Because again, not every not every child, not every student has the opportunity to further their education. They may want a scholarship, they may want a grant, and then some of them may not even think that there's anything they can apply to. That is so correct. And I tell um, educators and students, and when I'm doing workshops, one of the first things I say to them, I say, with education, is three things you can do. Choose, lose, or be confused. Oh, wow. That's and deep. so that kind of, yes, sir. And I and I give them a story because when I was went to college, I'm from a rural town, small mm-hmm. town. I just told you, right? And my mom, she worked at an international paper mill. She was a a manager in the supply uh, department. Mm -hmm. And so when I asked her, I said, well, mama, who make the most money where you work at? She said, baby, the engineers. So I got in my mind, senior year, I wanted to be an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I went to, I went to school early because I was on a basketball scholarship and so uh, uh, met with the advisor and the advisor asked me what I wanted to do. I stood up. I had my chest out. I want to be an engineer. That's what I want to major in. And then she hit me with a key question. What kind of engineer? And so at that point, I was confused. <laughs> right? Yeah, you fell she in that said, category. Yes, sir. I, I came into college confused. So she was like, you want to be, we have electrical engineers. We have mechanical engineers. And I just said electrical. Right. And so um, I said to myself, when I get in a position, I don't want the young people that you just referred to the underserved communities. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The less fortunate. I don't want these students to go through some of the hurdles that I had to go through. And that's really the basis of my nonprofit. And so I just started focusing on that and I just started partnering with youth serving organizations uh, to provide some of these services and getting these kids connected. Now, I do something that's called edutaining. 
it's a lot of educating and a lot of entertaining at the same time. You know time. what? So it's we it's, it's about how to get the message across. Again, sometimes kids tune things out when they don't understand what you're talking about. And if you're entertaining in the information, you're sliding the knowledge in. There you go. Yes, sir. And I have, I'm glad you said that. So I have this method. It's called crush medicine and applesauce. Okay. So <laughs> if you had raised any kids, right, I can tell you, you from a that, small town, crush that medicine and the applesauce. There you go. <laughs> I right? love it. And so the kids love the taste of that applesauce, but the medicine is really going in and treating whatever uh, yeah. illness or, or whatever they suffering with. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I kind of do with education. I crush up this education. I wrap it in a, a, a entertaining way, but I'm still, I'm feeding it and then they getting it. And so that works really well uh, for our model um, at the hope initiative. Very good. So, so give you give a couple of examples of, of, of you doing that. Oh, absolutely. This is now, this is what I I really want to share with you. So the way I got connected with Willie Davis, the president of uh, NBRPA, Mm -hmm. I was doing some workshops with some uh, former NFL players. And um, the president of the uh, Dallas Fort Worth uh, NFL alumni chapter, he scheduled a meeting. He said, man, I got somebody that's uh, a former educator. He, um, play professional basketball you need to meet with him so he scheduled that meeting and from that meeting I did my presentation with uh, Mr. Davis and he said you are God's sin he said this is what I've been praying for right here this educational component he said because we have to do more than just roll a basketball out for these students and you know the statistics how many students will be able to go out of high school student athletes will transition from high school to college and then on to the pros, mm-hmm. right? It's less than 1%. Exactly. And so, but but these kids still need to have a career pathway. And so I started partnering with Mr. Davis. Uh, he came out to one of our workshops at um, O.D. Wyatt High School in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And man, he was impressed. And then we had another workshop in Dunbar High School. And we did these workshops with police officers. This is coming off of the um, George Floyd Mm-hmm. Um, incident, right? So we right. were uh, ha- have these workshops where we building these bridges between communities of color and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Davis started seeing that, and then he was like, "Okay, I see, I see the vision. This is what we want to do through the NBRPA." And so we've been doing workshops with him, um, with middle school students. We even going down to the sixth grade. Uh, because what we're finding is we want to be able to uh, reach them early and give them more um, exposure. I always say exposure leads to expansion. Mm-hmm. So we want to start working with these youngsters, these youngsters a- as early as the sixth grade. And so we did some workshops there in Fort Worth with um, J.P. Elder. Uh, we did IDEA, which is a school that's right across the street from O.D. White. Um and then we came to Dallas and did some stuff in West Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so we've had um, tremendous uh, participation and I always, you know, the educator in me, I always collect data. So I do a, a pre-survey and a post-survey and we have some uh, wonderful feedback and um, data for, that we've collected from these young people. And one of the things that stands out after all of these workshops is the kids want to know more. They want to get more engaged. And they want to be connected with mentors that's working in the in the field that they're interested in. 
I love this. Can you can you give an example of one of the workshops? What do you do in the workshops to get the kids all involved? Because you mentioned you kind of uh, put that medicine in the applesauce. Yes, sir. So um, the fun part at the at the conclusion of the workshops with the NBRPA is we do a basketball camp. We offer a basketball camp for them, right? Mm-hmm. So they get a chance to you know have fun. But before they can get to the basketball camp, they have to go through the educational component. So we have a, um, we do like four assessments. So we do self-discovery, right? So the students identify their strengths, their learning styles, their personality types. And then we do like a career discovery where they will take a career exploration um, survey. And so from this, the students are able to identify their top three strengths, I know mine is organizer, dependability, and confidence. Those are my top three strengths. Mm-hmm. So these students identify their top three strengths. Even if when we have adults in the room, everybody takes these assessments. And so once they finish, we do something called think, pair, share. So we bring the students together. We look at their results. And if, let's say, my number one strength is organizer. If there are other students in the room that's organizers, we are in one group and we're discussing how our number one strength impact us at home, oh, I love in the this. community, and in school. Right? I love right? this. And we have a discussion about it. And they taking bullet points. We got our chart paper, and they taking uh, you know, notes. And then we identify a speaker for the group, and they talk about how they stress impact them at you know at home, school, mm-hmm. and in the community. And so these adults could be anybody: police officers. Uh, we have business owners that participated community leaders, sure. um, even somebody from the political um, um, field, right? Mm-hmm. So we have all of these different adults that participate. And what it does is it helps build rapport. And then these um, adults in the room can see like, wow, although these kids are from a marginalized community, they still have dreams, goals, and aspirations to uh, become productive citizens where they live, work, and learn, Right. And so that's one thing that we do. Then we work with them on their uh, learning styles. And so these kids now understand how they learn best, whether they are auditory learners or whether they are a visual learners, right? Mm-hmm. Tactile learners mm-hmm. or kinesthetic learners. And so we create um, a one pager and we give this to the students and then they go back and take it to their school and, and they share it with their teachers and say, if this is how I learn best, if you want to get the best out of me academically, this is how um, the best teaching modalities for me that I adapt to. Um, so we do that. And then we identify their personality type, whether they're introverts or extroverts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we share all of this information with their educators. Even we tell them to take it to your if you're in church, share it with your community leaders, your mentors and so So that gives them a snapshot of who this student is, and then they can work better and get more out of that student instead of the student, you know, in a session and going to sleep on them, you know, Mm -hmm. bored to death. Exactly. We show them how to reach that student. Yes, sir. This is so impressive. Let me tell you what I love about this. It's one thing to identify a problem. It's another thing to offer a solution. You're explaining the solution, and it makes so much sense on so many different levels. And like you said, the students who, listen, the students who wind up taking their education further and becoming uh, great, not just great citizens, but 
people who are able to take care of themselves, take care of their families, able to be productive business people, productive members of society. This is mm-hmm. all, all it does is helps everybody. It helps everybody, whatever the community is, whether it's rural, whether it's urban, whether it's big city, whether it's small. It's all about leadership and taking the kids to the next level. Dr. Harper, you are just in very impressive. So, so tell me, so tell me more. Yeah, so sure. So like I said, we do the edu- edutaining component, mm-hmm. but the students have nicknamed me Dr. Swag. That's S-W-A-G-G. <laughs> and it stands for, it's an acronym. It stands for Students with a Graduation Goal. I love so that. Every student that, yes, sir. So every student that we come in contact with, that's our main thing. Not only graduating from high school, but we want to get you graduated for college. Now we understand that every student is not going to go to college. So we have a workforce component that we work with these kids to get them um, into the workforce. Mm-hmm. And so through our career exploration surveys, it identifies um, four, their top four of the uh, career clusters. So there's a total of 16 career clusters. If you get a chance, just Google career clusters and there's a, uh, an Alyssa pop up and this is all over the country. It's the same. It's mm-hmm. 16 clusters. So you may have like um, government and um, public administration, uh, STEM. I'm, I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. heard a lot of talk about STEM and, and business. Science and, and engineering. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh-huh. And Technology. so you have all of these clusters. Yes, sir. You have all of these clusters. Well, we have these students narrow it down to the top four. And so now we are very intentional with what we do because let's say, for example, Mr. Davis, okay, he may be in a meeting and he meet a guy that's a, uh, a contractor that builds buildings and work on, you know, contracting mm-hmm. uh, in, in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to pinpoint the students that came through our program we'll be able to identify the students who are interested in construction. And so we will strategically identify these students and then we connect those students with that business owner or that, that uh, career professional. Yeah. With the opportunity, you match them up with the opportunity. Right. So now if I got somebody in there that's dealing with um, let's say, hospitality and tourism, mm-hmm. they're not going to be interested. If I got a student that's, that's their number one, uh, one of their top four clusters, they're not going to be interested in having a conversation or listening to a construction guy. Right. Cause that's not what, right. So we are very intentional and we've been more successful in making these connections with our youth and then these professionals in these fields. This is what's so special about what you're doing. What I love, you got to have, You have to have a a purpose-driven life and all of these different opportunities for the kids. And you mentioned the graduation parts. That's accomplishing goals. It's like you're setting a goal and you're able to accomplish it. And it makes you realize I can get something done, that I can be successful. And the road to success is full of twists and turns. And there may be some, some failure moments. But at the same time, you learn from those failures, but you are rewarded when you graduate or you're rewarded when you accomplish a goal and it just lets you know that, you know what, I can do things. I can be productive. I love the way you're getting this thing done, Dr. Harper. What else can yes, you tell sir. me? So, so to, to that point, um, you know, 
we provide a roadmap for the students, yeah. right? Um, remember I said, choose, lose, or be confused. So we want to remove the point of confusion for these students. So not only will they know their uh, strengths and personality and learning type, they're going to have these four um, career clusters that they can lean on and, and build towards. Mm -hmm. And then we get them exposed. So now we're saying, okay, these are the specific colleges that offer this major that you're most interested in, right? So mm -hmm. let's say if you at uh, at SMU, um, does SMU have an agriculture department? They you might. See what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. it's not it's not an agriculture school, right? Now, it's not. But Texas A&M is. That's what that's what A&M stands for: agriculture and mechanical. There you go. So instead of this kid maybe saying like, man, I really want to go to SMU. What we're saying is, OK, we got to find a major at SMU that you can identify with that's based right. on your uh, results from your survey. Right. Mm -hmm. But now when we start telling them, OK, well, A&M has it or Com Texas A&M Commerce or Stephen F. Austin. It's several schools. Texas sure. Tech, it's several schools, you know, that have. So we start being more intentional and we're actually creating this roadmap for this student. Yeah. So now the students say, OK, I know the institution. These are my top three institutions. So now we take it a step further. What are the admissions requirements to get in these institutions now? Mm -hmm. Right. So we start working with them freshman year, sophomore year to start saying, OK, this is the GPA I need. Mm -hmm. And then there's a critical component that they're going to need to get in there, either ACT or SAT to get into those schools. Mm -hmm. And so we work with those students on their ACT and SAT as well. And so we're helping these students along the way map out their um, route or their um, career pathway. We help them map that out, but also we giving them the tools to be able to meet those admission requirements and then scholarship, you know, right. you have to pay for school. That's right. right? Um, so the school system does an excellent job of getting these students, um, you know, with their financial aid. Right. What we the try FAFSA? to do is come in the FAFSA. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That is correct. So what we try to do is come in with the um, other components in terms of helping them build their ACT scores. Cause the higher your ACT or SAT scores, the more scholarships that you can qualify for. So we do workshops on that. And then we come in and say, okay, you're going to have to have an admissions or a scholarship essay. Right. Right. So we have frameworks. All schools require in. that. There you go. And so we have them, we work with them on getting the framework for their essays and we show them how they can tweak a few paragraphs here and there. And that essay could be good for an admissions scholarship. I mean, admissions, uh, essay or a scholarship essay. So those are some of the things that we're doing. We're not only talking to them, we help provide these solutions and giving them a um, a guide through this process um, and helping them transition, you know, from high school to college. I love this entire program. We're talking with Dr. Dr. Robert Harper. He is the uh, CEO of the Hope Initiative. You, you have partners with this. You have different, I'm sure, educational um philanthropic partners. Can you talk about how you've had success or failures reaching out to potential partners? Because I think this is such a, a slam dunk. A lot of people would want to be involved. Yes, sir. So of course we're a nonprofit, a 501c3 um, tax deductible uh, nonprofit. And the majority of our money comes from, you know, donations mm -hmm. and writing grants and 
um, partnering with um, uh, other youth serving organizations who um, uh, pay for the services for their students. Right. So, this is a good component um, that, for them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. So like um, with um, a program that's um, through the Department of Education, I'm blocking on the name of it right now. It's uh, Upward Bound. That's it. The Upward Bound. Bound program. Okay. Yeah. So they have a budget. And so I work with Upward Bound programs and provide these services for them. So if they have like a summer workshop, uh, like a week or a summer camp, I can come in you give me three hours, that's all I need. And mm-hmm. I can turn it out in three hours, mm-hmm. right? And then I leave you a data report where you can continue to build on the information that I've provided. And so um, another thing that we do is like with um, NBRPA, the Dallas chapter, um, we help out with their um, events, fundraising events, and then they will make a donation. And then we will go out and partner and do workshops together. Um, we write grants. Uh, we recently received a grant from the Hogg Foundation, which is um, on the campus of University of Texas in mm-hmm. Austin. Um, and this grant is to focus on uh, college career and life readiness for trans transition age youth. And it also has a mental health component to it because during the pandemic, a lot of the students were at home. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of. Yes. And so we've talked about that, that a lot on this show. There was a lot of stress on a lot of kids. There you go. Yes, sir. And so we're working with them um, with this grant, um, helping students in uh, Cass County, which is here in um, East Texas, um, uh, Northeast Texas. And so we rely heavily on um, donations and grants and things of that nature. There's a um, organization that we partner with there in Dallas, One Community USA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Brinker is the um, CEO of that organization and so they work a lot with uh, police departments and shop talk so they go into barber shops and having these conversations right. with police officers yeah and so we I'm work closely with them. with them okay yeah yeah so we work closely with them and we provide the education component for them because I'm like y'all talking to these uh, um, you know customers but beyond the conversations what are we doing so these uh, um youth can get out of some of these exactly. circumstances that they're in. The right? cycle. So, yep. Yeah, there you go. How are we going to break this cycle? And so that's what we do for uh, some organizations like that. So they write grants and then they write us into the grants. So that's really how we are able to provide these resources uh, for these youth and young adults. And where can people find more information about the HOPE initiative? Yes. So our um, on our website, it is uh, hope-initiative, uh, well, the-hope-initiative.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of our social media handles is your, Y-O-U-R, your hope initiative. So everything is at your hope initiative. Dr. Harper, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining us and thank all of you for joining us on Better Living, a show about people or organizations having a big impact in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. Thanks for being with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.